0: Hi and welcome to the greatest music podcast where we listen to ours and other people's and others. Favorite songs, albums, discotheques, hooplas, parties, DJ remixes, nineties music, um speakeasy artists and whatever else we can find. To find the greatest music in the world, my name is Andy. And I am Ian. And this is the Greatest Music Podcast. Ian, you picked the, the what we're talking about today. Hell yeah, I did. Why? Because <laughs> I think
1: it's one of the greatest albums of all time. Spoiler alert. No, um, so we were listening to Drake quite a bit, and I needed something different than Drake. And this album popped into my head, and I was remembering it from my childhood. And I kept thinking to myself, do I like this because it's nostalgic and I have a lot of memories? Or do I actually like this? Like, is there actually something happening on this album that that sort of transcends that time and place? Hmm. And so I began my quest, and I have listened to it since then, I think, 46 times. From beginning to end, and that includes the the two "quote unquote" bonus hidden tracks at the end of the album.
0: Well, I don't know if you can call them hidden tracks or bonus no, they're songs. Hidden, baby, they don't got numbers.
1: I mean, what more '90s thing do you need than twenty-five a minutes bonus of track? crap? It's not
0: crap. You're crap. Anyway,
1: what are we listening to today? We are listening to the self-titled debut release album of the one and only band, Jars of Clay. Now you may be saying to yourself, who is Jars of Clay? And you'd be right to ask that question.
0: Unless you were alive in the 90s and into Christian music, you wouldn't know who Jars of Clay are.
1: Yeah, I don't think necessarily, but they did. They did crack the billboard, and they were on most mainstream radio stations,
0: um, with one song for think, a very short amount of time.
1: Yes, but I think that's the beauty of it, and so that's where actually my journey with this album began when I started to to sort of unravel it and start to think about this, um, because there is there is a part of Ian that is very much stick it to the man and down with the system and jars of clay was the beginning of that and i'm going to explain why because this is the grunge era like we're we're mid late 90s here we're we're still in nirvana we're still in black hole sun we're still in everything that has to do with ripped jeans oversized sweaters long hair and dejected face looks on album covers <laughs> And this comes along and it fits that perfectly. This album cover is all of that and a bag of potatoes, except when the music stops. Bag of chips. No, bag of
0: potatoes. Because you got it. Because you got to be justice. different, huh?
1: Yeah, I like potatoes. I'm not feeling well, so I get that one. I get potatoes. That's I am a potato.
0: Donkey. Have you seen that meme going around? <laughs> yep. I'm a pot- You know how I know about that meme
1: going around? How's that? Because of you. You're welcome. If there's a meme and I know it, it's because Andy sent it to me. I try to stay out of that world. Andy throws me face first into the bog of eternal memes. That's only because my wife done, does
0: it to me, so
1: you're welcome. Yeah. No, this this album went platinum. It went gold in like the first week and then went platinum. So, I mean, it didn't have just a Jesus thing going for it because another thing that that got young Christian Ian into this music in particular... <laughs> was that this was the first thing that actually dealt with faith. You know, it was a, a faith over over, an I love you Jesus. All of the other Jesus records that I was handed to almost up until this point was very much, Jesus is cool, Jesus is my homeboy, I love that dude. And this was, I'm really screwed up and I've got to deal with some crap and I don't know what to do and little kids get beat up but God still loves them. And I feel like I'm in over my head, but I know that God's still there. Um And it was a much more just a faith in life. And and that was something that, to me, really just opened the floodgates of what faith and music could actually Let's be.
0: see what you did there. Did you even try that? Not at all. But I love that I said it that way. Because the big... Because the big song, I mean, pretty much my introduction was the song that did break the charts. It was called Flood. And before Mm -hmm. we even started, I was playing a song that I hastily wrote back in the day that had terrible lyrics. And then I just stole the chorus of Flood (laughs) because, you know, good artists copy, great artists steal as we've yeah. determined already. So that's how I learned about them. And so I got to say, I put this album on, and I realized I knew more of this album than I thought I did. There was about... F- I think a lot of people would. There was about four songs on here that I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know this song. Mm-hmm. Um, Liquid. Yeah, I think... The first track. Um. Oh, the one song that droned on and did the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, wait, that was all of them. Uh, which one in particular am I talking about? Oh, <laughs> uh, none of them. Um, Are you deaf, man? Are you deaf? Um, which, hold on, I got to pull up this out. Where's that album history? Well, yeah,
1: so let's start there, though. Let's start with Flood, because that is actually the one song that went, I mean, that's the song that sort of catapulted this to go places. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written on a bright, sunny day in the afternoon while these guys, they all met at college together. Um They met their senior year, and the other guy was a junior or something to that effect. Um, They were music majors at their college, uh, which was Green something or rather college. Greenville. Greenville. Never heard of it. I don't even know if it's still there. It probably is because these guys came out of it, and that would drive enough people to go there for many years. Um, But, yeah, they were music ministry majors, um, which... I am not convinced is actually a real thing. I know it is on a lot of different Christian campuses. But in the it's, shade, it's, okay, I see it, it is because here's why it's shade. It's just music. It's it's just uh music business. It's business and music. That's what this is. Like music ministry is a business music class geared toward Christians. That's all it is. It's not any different. I've looked at some of this course material, and you can easily rename a lot of this stuff, and you'd be like, oh, it's just a business class. I get it. How do you market? How do you sell? How do you get to know the people around you? How do you do the things that get them to do the things? How do you get them to want this back? What are they interested in? How do you market it? It's, it's all the same thing, just a different package. It's just
0: a very narrow niche market of music is all it is. Yep. Yep. If you want to leave it at that. (laughs) I mean.
1: But that's what these guys were doing, right? Well, it it has been
0: something that has been hijacked as a part of the life of who we are. And then it's been prophetized and turned into something completely different. Other than, not that all Christian radio is bad, but a lot of it has been bastardized. Yeah, it's like the same 20 people writing the same song over and over again. So I can see why you like them because they were they were a breakout. They were much different than everything else. And they were different as a whole um, to what the musical scene. They had more of this sort of coffee shop uh, vibe to them, which I think that's why you dig digged them because you were in a coffee shop. You were around that environment. That would have been mm-hmm. something that would have appealed to you.
1: Yeah. But they, I also like, I love and I hate the way that they play acoustic guitars. They play acoustic guitars like electric guitars. And especially on this recording, those acoustic guitars, by and large, are a rhythmic instrument.
0: Um, the, well, that's because the, they don't have a drummer and they don't have a bass but player. But they do. They no, do. They the singer actually. They Hold never on. had just, a just particular listen. drummer or a, a bass player.
1: Because Dan Hasselsteinstein, the guy that's doing the singing, he was a drummer. So he did the drumming and they realized that they couldn't do it live, um, even though they do. Like if you, if you check him out on YouTube, like he often plays the drums and sings at the same time. Um, but on this recording, that's what they did. They, they made loops. And shall I say, just let me ask a quick question. Did this album or did the postal service come out first? Well, this album
0: would have come out much... Damn straight, this one did. But this, this sounded like somebody got a looper program for Christmas, and they just learned how to use it, and they're like, let's some write some songs over top of this.
1: Yes, yes, because that's what you do the first time you try something. You've got to take a crack at it. Sure. They were the first people to do it. I think if they hadn't done this, I'm not quite so sure the Postal
0: Service would have been through there. Hmm. Postal Service being Ben Gibbard of Death Cap for Cutie, which we've already done a Death Cap and his brother, yeah, yeah. a Death Cat for Cutie album. So, which are clearly not in the Christian circles of things. So, you're saying this has broken the boundaries and influenced stuff way outside of itself. I I think so. I think
1: this this is the the which came first, the chicken or the egg thing, and um. I definitely think this this paved the way. I mean, it's it was a new technology on top of very old technology. Like when you listen to this album, the juxtaposition of things is quite immense. Like there there are really strange 6th and 7th harmonies in the vocals and there are guitars that are compressed to hell and back just to make a rhythm section. There's a mandolin that has no compression whatsoever floating through things. There's three-piece orchestras. There's six-piece sets. There's just single cellos that flow through. There are quartets of violins that play over top of these songs. There are penny whistles. It's freaking amazing. Like, this is the most crackpot put-together set of sounds, but to me, it works. And it doesn't only work, it kicks ass from beginning to end. I am convinced of this. Hmm. I am solely convinced. And here's the thing: they they did all of it by themselves. They only had production help on two songs, and that was because the producer reached out to them and said, "Hey, I want to redo these two songs for you." Interesting. They did all of it. They they were doing the orchestra with the producer. I'm, the producer that that did the final recording changed and overdubbed a few bits of their orchestral parts that they were putting together. But by and large, this was them. They weren't playing all of the instruments, but they were putting the parts together. And I think there's a lot to be said for that when you listen to this That album. was the
0: question I was going to ask you. So they did they bring in players for all the string parts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's not them.
1: That's not them playing, no, but that's them writing it. And see, I knew you are going to give me crap about this, so I started to think about the Beatles. Where the hell were the Beatles in all of their orchestra sections? But we don't ever talk about that. No. That was great. Did you hear the orchestra the Beatles had? Yeah, the Beatles had a freaking orchestra. These guys did it with their friends, and it's fucking
0: wild. It, it is so good. It's off, off normal. Yes, I will give you that. There was, there was a, the orchestration was probably my favorite part of this album, all the different bits but it felt like i I don't know it's felt like they got the budget to hire string players so they're like let's do it baby and it doesn't seem to fit with the rest. what the But they didn't have a budget well i I don't know what it was but it felt like it didn't necessarily gel for me i mean it was good but it i don't know I, I was back and forth on this. I don't dislike this album. Don't get me wrong here. It's just, um, it it was weird. There was some incohesiveness to it. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of technical issues with it, uh, which I'll save for later on. Um, but there was a lot of repetition for, and it was just plain repetition the endings of songs were not real super solid that drum machine just drove me bonkers this whole oh. album cuz it was they basically just put the same beat on for every stinking song or no they didn't you were not listening it, it was the same general they found a bank and they used 1 through 10 instead of 11 through <laughs> 99, okay? Ouch. No, no, I'm not okay with that. And it was the same. Um, it, they were all the same sort of speed and feel. Um, his vocals got I don't lost. Think we were, are
1: you sure yet? We're listening to the same oh, album. Oh, yeah, man.
0: I listened to this not 46 times, but I probably have... 12 to 15 and like I said I was aware of this album before and I forgot how much I knew the album I probably have 15 listens in because I was listening to it while I was painting and you don't have really much to think about when you're painting so I was listening to this music and then I just listened uh-huh. to it back on a car ride uh, here so um, yeah it, it, I'm not saying it's bad it's just it felt incohesive to me oh see i and i think that's just
1: 2021 andy and it could be it certainly could
0: be because i i would imagine at the time but this is it's it's like the michael jackson thing it might have been great at the time but it didn't last it didn't last for me oh it's it definitely lasted
1: it is it has lasted it is surpassed do you know where their first gig was do you know what
0: the name of the place their first gig was Uh, no i'll give you two guesses uh, somebody's coffee shop it was it was a coffee shop would be my guess it had because a name. They feel like they're a coffee shop band and the then they added on the the drum looper because they didn't have a drummer and they didn't want to do that and then i think they were just being artsy with all the string pieces i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying that's what i got for okay. this
1: I'm I'm looking for a name. I'm not asking you to bash Joe's them Coffee Shop. No, come on. It's a name that would mean a lot to you.
0: Starbucks. No, it would mean a lot to you. I that means nothing to me. I don't know co- The Under frickin
1: Ground, man. Oh.
0: Their first gig was
1: at a place called The Underground. Okay. Suck it. All right. Well, well
0: just cuz there's means a lot one to you, doesn't great it? underground that doesn't mean all undergrounds are amazing. And what Ian no, is under- referring to is in the late 2000s into the 2010s, uh, Ian helped me run a music venue in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But we were dealing with heavy, re- <laughs> heavy metal and punk rock kids and not coffee shop. So much different scenario. I don't know why you're trying to bring nostalgia and fight it for yourself. Thank you very much, sir. So, what are you saying? They, okay, so they did... A, I'm saying your head's cloudy and you're missing. And I think That's you are... Saying. The nostalgia monster just has you... No, nope. You are sleeping together. That's all I got to say. Dude, He's got your head so, all messed up. Because no. this... this so, it was disjointed and... Now, subject matter. I'll give you it. Because it was wonderful to hear sort of doubt and wonder and, and... Happiness all sort of converge in this weird, awkward mess. Um, it was neat, and I'm not saying it, but and that does sort of fit all the music, I get it, but it's kind of incoherent. And so, may uh, uh, and this is but not me, me coming share, to your let side. Let me share a quote with you. This is Andy. not me, me coming to your side. I'm you. just saying it was they took all these different things and mashed them together, which are things that should normally don't reside together and i think they did sort of the same thing with the music aspect of it i'm not necessarily saying it's great but if it could have been intentional and i think it's pretty good but like i I said i have so many technical issues with this album that i I think we might need to get there because you're sounding like a broken record well that's what i got
1: good stories tell the truth of the human condition that is the focus of their band. They want to tell good stories that tell the truth about the human condition.
0: Okay, I know tons of bands that, that would say the same thing.
1: No, no, they wouldn't. They would not say it like that. They would not say it like that. Not at I've all. I've heard that. I said... think they would say it.
0: No, no you haven't times. either.
1: No, you haven't. You've heard it like you've heard that drum machine 10,000 times that you've only ever heard this one time in this one album The broken con- right, human uh, condition
0: oh, that's, that's I didn't say
1: anything about a broken human condition. You said I said, good stories tell the truth of the human of condition. the human
0: condition okay that's church lingo. No, it's not. I've heard it used as church lingo, yeah, and they probably used it wrong. Okay, so explain to me why that's so amazing.
1: Because it's the truth, and it's not sales pitchy. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's all. That's all you got. That's all you need. You were bringing this hot need. and then you just told me two things. Okay.
1: Because it's the truth. It's the truth, and I feel like their music... And and I went through and I've listened to, they have a plethora of albums by now. Some are great, some are terrible, some are okay. But they're all that. They are all, all lyrically, musically, it doesn't stray from that. Stories about the truth of the human condition.
0: In Christmas songs. And it's
1: fantastic. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true too.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. That's but here's other thing. than this album their christmas work is pretty much the only way I'm familiar with them but we were only listening to this album so yeah. I didn't dive into any other albums uh I did I, I've been on a big kick
1: so here's the thing so let well let's get into it why why specifically does the drum machine bother you other than it's
0: repetitive yeah it there was no diverseness in what the style that, from song to song, yeah. or from yeah, so you think every song sounded the same? Uh, they were very, very similar in how they use that drum machine. Um, just okay, so not in the rest
1: of the instrumentation, or in the rest of the song structure, or in the rest of the <laughs> lyric structure, or melody, or counterpart, or balance, or presence.
0: I don't need but it's this. a drum
1: machine and acoustic guitar. Well, yeah, it, was yeah, it, was, it
0: felt like the songs were so good otherwise with all the different instrumentation and the varying, it sounds like the drum machine was an afterthought that was just added on there. Like if they would have been just the acoustic coffee shop band that I think they are, I think I would have loved it a lot more. Then when they did actually use drums... They were. Are, are we rating technical? Can we go? This is me talking technical here. The, okay, we'll, so we'll just jump right into so it. So when they were using drums, the low end, the kick drum was basically non-existent. The bass was non-existent in this album as a whole. This was so top-end. It was other than a boom in. Um, uh was that love song for a for a savior is that one? There was like a boom that kind of was like poof. um but yeah, the drum sounds like in flood, terrible. They were just mixed improperly. It wasn't good. It didn't fit the song well. It was very oh, see, I lackluster. Then the drum no, machines see, I were think all it's a, repetitive. I think it's a texture. I, I think
1: I think they were using drums differently than you wanted them to use drums. I think they were they were using them to make a rhythmic texture, not to drive the song. The thing that's driving the song is the
0: that guitar in the left ear, and the that acoustic horribly guitar. sounding guitar in almost all the tracks. No. They were mediocre sounds at best. I didn't want to say that, but uh, these you're are pushing these me are there. two. The,
1: this is four dudes okay. by themselves the playing, was hitting was, number one the, on the charts. The
0: playing was fine. The actual audio recording of those acoustic guitars was mediocre. Oh, Medi- I so they very sounded much like cheap two hundred dollar entry level acoustic guitars that were recorded. They didn't. I don't think they spent much time. Making those guitars sound good. So technically they they're not great. They're not great.
1: Oh man, I think they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do
0: in the that's, songs. I think they're rhythmic instruments. But I'm talking technically. I'm not talking about yeah. Instrumentally. I, think, I think
1: that's tech yeah, but I think technically that's what you have to do. That's not how if we've you treat it technically you don't the whole to,
0: rest all thirty seven well, episodes on. prior to this. But
1: But that's just like saying, I wanted the drums to sound more melodic. If the drums didn't sound melodic enough, then they were bad drum sounds. But that's not true. They're not playing the acoustic guitar for the melodic feel of it. They're playing it for the rhythmic. But when they actually
0: did play it for the melodic, it sounded like a cheap guitar. Now, the Spanish guitar that they used in the one song sounded good. It sounded like a Spanish guitar. The rest of the time, the guitars just sounded like... Thrashing, and that's the same thing you beat up Nickelback for—was playing acoustic guitar like an electric guitar, and you beat him up for it. And now you're here turning around and you're praising jars of clay for it. So I because don't they're doing it, it differently. It is, a Nickelback was beating the shit out of a guitar because they don't know
1: how else to play it. This was, I think, done very deliberately. This is a rhythmic instrument. I'm using this the same way I would use a marimba or a set of maracas or something like that. I'm not using this for the melodic quality of it. Mm-hmm. I'm using it for the rhythmic well, I know quality what they of were it. Doing. Nickelback was trying to get a melodic quality out of their guitar uh, because they put so much damn jangle on it and this and that and the other thing because they couldn't actually make it do that. I feel like jars of clay proved that they could do that based on the the way that the mandolin was mixed and put in and based on the way that you just said that Spanish guitar was put in. So I feel like it was done on purpose. I mean, the way that, that the cellos were put in there and the violins were put in there, if they would have had a really pretty melodic sounding acoustic guitar, you wouldn't have gotten the clarity and all the feel out of the rest Mm -hmm. of those instruments. One of them, one of them has to get squashed and chucked and put
0: somewhere. That's just how it works. I know when they were doing the rhythmic thing, like in flood. Yes, it fits. It fits the overarching thing of the, of, the song. You know the feel, the structure, all that stuff. But when they were doing the acoustic guitar as an acoustic guitar, I think it was lackluster in a technical sense. Ah, I, then, need, I need to okay, know okay, well, I what you're talking on, about because
1: I can't find it. I don't.
0: I don't know what song you're talking about. Um one of the love song for a savior I think was one of them. You don't like that opening guitar? Um no. I didn't like I any of the tones perfect. of of this whole album. Um then oh. um I think the violins and all the orchestra or orchestral stuff was too loud. It overpowered everything and just made the whole rest of everything else they were doing sit second. And Jar Clay you to this? is not a string orchestra band. They are a coffee shop band. And so it was overpowering. And then his vocals would get pulled back so far that you couldn't and where that rhythmiciness with the guitar and his vocals were, it was hard to understand his his lyrics a lot of the time. I had to like super concentrate on that. So I'm talking technical mix only here. I'm not, I get all what you're saying about their style and all that stuff. I'm technically, I don't like this album. It was good at best. I've perplexed you. You didn't think I was coming in with this, did you?
1: No, I, I'm not perplexed. I'm I'm somewhat bothered. I I thought you were smart, and here I am dealing with Ouch. a moron. No,
0: no, 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 no! Oh, Don't you pull the drop on my. me? I thought you were smart. I don't like, I thought you I don't said get this we one. use what speaks the truth. What was that part? What was that line here? And your good you're, stories.
1: Tell the truth of the human and you're condition. Well, using your condition, my friend,
0: blows to try and hurt my feelings. I don't appreciate no. that. Ian,
1: that was a joke. And, and I hope it did hurt your feelings. I don't get it. I don't. I, I hear what you're saying, but if that's what they were trying to do, then technically it needed to be done a certain way. And so they should have done it that way. So I get that. I think it does.
0: Well that's I'm gonna lose
1: my voice by the end of this show. That's a matter and of And I'm not gonna opinion. be able to sing tomorrow.
0: Well you weren't probably gonna <laughs> well, be able that's to a sing tomorrow. Anyway. Um Okay.
1: So this is a big toss-up on the technical side. I
0: won't, I won't allow great. I'm not going to budge I'm either. i I love it's it. It's not great. I'll give you, if you said this is the goodest music podcast, yeah, sure. It's good. It's, oh. it's good, but it is not I think not you're great.
1: superimposing 2021 on 1995. So,
0: there are plenty oh. other albums that were beautiful in 19, the mid-1990s.
1: Wait, you're going to tell me Hootie and the Blowfish nailed acoustic guitar sounds in
0: 1995? I am not saying it. Uh, they were better than you this, You always though. go to Hootie and the Blowfish. They were better than this, though. I didn't say their no! perfection, but they are much- Hootie and the Blowfish was pop radio crap. Hold my hand, right. acoustic guitar blows any of the acoustic guitars on this album out of the water. <laughs> and that's not uh, even good, so- I want to know what people have to say about that. Yeah.
1: Would you take Hootie and the Blowfish acoustic guitar or are you on of Clay acoustic guitar? Because we're getting nowhere with this one. Okay, zero for
0: five. Six. Zero for (laughs) six.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's come back to technically. Let me think about how to usurp your plans there. Uh, Is it emotionally great? What are your thoughts on the emotionality of the album? Yes, this
0: album was dripping with emotion. Um, Repetitive, though. Um, But that's a personal that's a personal thing. So I'm keeping that aside. Um, But the subject matters. Can you give me an example of that? They were talking about. I don't remember which song we were just listening to, but they just sang the same thing over again, over. and, And it was very repetitive and not in a good repetitive way. For me, okay. For my that's yeah. The thing.
1: I mean, it was definitely an early '90s repetitive. I get yeah, that. That's, like the chorus is the same line a few
0: times over. Then, I get you. Okay. So, but I'm saying emotionally, though, it was good. Though, like they were dealing. Like, "Boy on a String" was a really interesting song. Um, it was sort of using a, a Pinocchio thing, but it was hinting at something bigger than itself. Um, they um all of them have melded together cause i i love I, I love that violin in that song da the the and how screechy blind. they let it go yeah those those ones were all very much like yeah when you think about what they're singing about this stuff is this stuff is deep like they they were bringing some thought behind these lyrics i think they could have expressed it a little better and not be so r- repetitious but it was also a time frame. It was a style of the n- mid '90s. It could be Dan's style as a whole. I don't know. I only have Christmas stuff that they've done outside of this album, so I don't know if that's a him thing or if that was. This is where they were in their evolution of things, and I, but I'm not saying that is hindrance, hindering on the emotionality. I'm. That's gotcha. one of those pieces where this is locked in a time frame thing. And it's like the Michael Jackson thing. Hate to repeat myself, but that's that's where I'm falling.
1: (laughs) I hate to repeat myself about them repeating themselves. (laughs) I love it. So, so are we giving them emotionality? Yeah,
0: yeah. I I would. I would be happy. So we agree on that one. I think inside the Christian uh, world too. Yeah, they're doing a thing only other a handful of other bands have dared to do.
1: No. Okay. All right, what do you think about the packaging?
0: That throws me because I know, right? It, it We're not a grunge band, but we're going to look like we're gonna it. We're going to look like it. But was that a marketing ploy? See, I think it was. I I
1: really do think that that was the larger record label grabbing it um, because they haven't looked like that since. Like it is just that album that looks like that. Um, I mean, all it's of very them are... 90s. It is. It's very 90s. And I have thought about this a lot because they are very artsy about a lot of things. Like their album covers are all very artsy. And so this the only thing I could think of was grunge was the big thing. They are doing grunge like acoustic guitar. like Like they're playing the acoustic guitar like a grunge guitar in a way. And so I thought maybe that was part of it. They also probably wanted to look cool. Like, they're paying for most of this themselves and doing it themselves. Um, so we want to look like the coolest version of us we can. Um, because afterward, like, they all just got short haircuts, and none of them look like musicians after this album. Like, that's the only time they actually look like dejected rock and roll musicians. Um, but it doesn't give me any sort like... I don't see that cover and think, "Man, I'm about to hear some really great acoustic guitar and fiddle playing." Yeah, some violin
0: <laughs> orchestra stuff. And well, I mean, I do get sort of thematically some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I could see that from it, but the sound, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in a yeah, mixed emotion, wanna... a mixed bag here.
1: Yeah, which the album is kind of a mixed bag too, but I don't it doesn't give me any hint like when I look at that, I don't I hear something very different in my head from that picture than I then comes through on this album. Yep, lyrically you get that, like lyrically, like the songs and the album cover make sense, but musically it does not, um, and I think that's a miss. So we're going to go no for packaging. So we're we're one for two because we're coming back to the other one. Um, is it honest and authentically great?
0: Yeah, I, I believe them. It feels like the, these songs are coming from a place where it sounds like they truly mean this stuff. And like I said, I only have a little bit of bearing on the rest of what they're doing, and it still feels sort of that same thing. You, It seems like you know a bit more of who they are and what they're about and all that kind of stuff. Where Where do you lie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is. I think it's. I think the the music and the melody lines match up with the lyrics. I don't think we have any sort of mishmash or weirdness there. Um, and I think it's tonally like the the tone of what's happening always has like it it moves and it dances around the themes that are going on, and the fact that they say. Good stories tell the truth of the human condition, and that's their goal. I think these songs hit on a lot of things like that. Um, a lot of things. Hmm. Um, I mean, the, you know, everything from growing up in faith to to feeling like there is no God to what you do with the kids that are getting beat up by their parents and, and all of that. It's just, it's a lot to deal with, and they don't seem to shy out, like... They don't beat around the bush, which I think is interesting. Um, They don't allude to a lot of things in the song. They do talk about some things really artfully. um, In my opinion, overly artfully, but I still think it matches with the weirdness that they have going on as far as instrumentation. So I think you can get away with it at that point. Um, You know, not a lot of people reference Geppetto, like you said. Like It's not a... It's not a thing that most people talk about. If you do, you talk about Pinocchio and
0: Jiminy Cricket. You don't. You don't grab Geppetto. Um, there is a Christian meme going around, and I was trying to remember what it was, but it was similar to, you know, who who had a son that died and came back to life, and then this, that, and the other thing, and the answer. You would think, oh, it's God, but no, it's Geppetto. It was Geppetto. Here we are with the memes again. There we All go. All right, with so. The memes. Yeah.
1: So honesty and authenticity, we're gonna give it to him. Mm-hmm. Alright, is the whole band great? This is where it gets kind of weird with this one too. I I am not I think as a unit they are great. It's hard for me to tell from this album if it's great. Um, because there are so many extra instruments that if there's like if the orchestras and the, the different quartets and duos weren't in there, these songs would not be nearly as interesting or as good. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of where I struggle with this. The fact that they came up with a lot of that on their own and had people do it for them, that gives it some credence to me um, that there, there is a greatness beyond um, because I know you're like, Some of the guitar parts, really simple, really dumb, really just droning and just beating on it. But it leads me to believe because of all these other things that they had going on, that they were actually a part of doing, that there was a lot more intentionality behind the simpler parts. um, And some of the quote unquote bad sounds were much more intentional because they were able to do these other things.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's like the overall aesthetic of what the music was they were understanding their part. We were like we just have to be going ham on this guitar and being super jangly right now because that's what serves the song, and not necessarily trying to make this guitar sound good. We need it just to be so it keeps the rhythm yeah. for the song. I see that. Um Yeah, I'm I'm sort of loose on this one too because I can't tell because the all the orchestration just completely overshadows all it, it's beautiful. I mean mm-hmm. I would love to listen to all those and the little bit at the end, which I still don't understand this whole hidden track thing. It was neat to hear, but it felt like it was a behind the scenes thing and it, it just didn't fit. I think that's exactly what it was and it's that's fine but I don't see how it served the purpose of the album. Um, other than to just go, look, guys, look what we did. That's (laughs) what it had to me. Is like, oh, let's try this thing. And that would have been a neat behind-the-scenes little documentary on the album. I don't think Mm -hmm. it needed to be included in it. It did not serve – it didn't serve the rest of the album well, I don't think, thinking thematically and all that kind of things. So, yeah, I'm – So if we took – if we
1: took one of the, the guitarists era. out or we took the the lead singer out, would the album be the same, do you think?
0: Because
1: mm. that's what we have in this band, right? We have four guys. We have a singer. We have two guitarists. And what's the other guy
0: do? It says he does organ, acoustic piano, and vocals. Oh, the
1: pianos and stuff.
0: Yeah. And then the acoustic guitar guy, Matt. Mark did acoustic guitar and programming. Steve Mason, the other acoustic guitar, did acoustic mandolin, bass guitar, and backing vocals. So I think they do have a thing going on with their vocals too. Sort of a, a weird 90s grunge Crosby, Stills, and Nash vocal thing where it's like it's so distinct that you hear it and you're like It is. you're like hmm, that's uh that's that one guy those those guys like you can hear Crosby Stills Nash song it doesn't matter what style they're doing it in what genre you know when three what subject here. matter it is you hear those three part harmonies and you're just like oh yep that's Got them it. and they do they do have a very unique bit there um so it does feel like they are like this cohesive unit if I'm being honest, I'm like
1: three quarters on this. There's three, like three out of four parts of Ian that are like, yeah, the whole band's great. And there's that other quarter. It's like, I don't know. I think I think there are some moving parts there that might be able to come out. But I I don't know if I'm splitting hairs at that. Yeah.
0: point. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. I, I'm I can be right there with you. I just I don't see anything in this album that is making me go, man. This band playing together is musically they're all just great musicians or whatever. And I don't think he has that much of a unique vocal style that it makes me go, man, this wouldn't be like St. Paul and the Broken Bones. You can't do St. Paul and the Broken Bones without St. Paul, without Paul, right? Yeah, well, that's why they're St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Sure. We can get rid of a couple of those bones. This one, I mean, his voice is sort of what jars of clay is but at the same time i think some other people could sing these melodies just just as fine
1: yeah you want to hear some other people giving a crack at it i hear you all right so we're two out of the five so far that we've been through two out of
0: the four emotionally oh. authenticity. yeah okay two out of five am i changed i know you are hell yeah you have any other Th- thoughts this on that? This actually
1: made... Well, yeah, I mean, this this really kind of got me going in the direction that I wanted to do music in life. I just like it. The, there's something about the... the y- you can do these songs with one guitar or you can do these songs with a whole band. And that was the first big thing I picked up on this. You don't need all of this to do these songs. Um... But when you have all of it, you can do more with it. And there was a lot of music in my head at that time um, that I was listening to that couldn't be done that way. Like, it had to be a band. It had to be this. It had to be that sound or this song didn't work. you know. And this was one of those, like, no, you could have this part or that part or two of these or three of these or just that, and it would be fine. Like, it would tell the same story. And that became really important to me. Like, 13-year-old Ian it was a defining moment for him.
0: Yeah, I can see why you would like this. At least 2021, Ian, or maybe even 10 5 years ago, Ian, as well is this music isn't just it's a it's a piece of art that you're trying to make to present to people, to tell to tell the story of of conditioned. And <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I see why this is just straight up your alley. A little bit obscure, a little artsy sometimes, just because we can. Um, and But then at the core, it's like this is this truth ball that we're trying to package to present to people. I, oh. s- I see why. I see why it's your jam.
1: That makes my heart so big. I feel so good. Good. I'm
0: glad you weren't going to take. I was like he could take this as a negative, but um, so it hasn't changed you at all. This is just something that's going to. I knew a lot of the songs, and and I did incorporate that one in my thing. But to be quite honest, I forgot about this album until you remember you mentioned it.
1: See, I forgot about it for a long time too, until it popped into my head the other day. But this is like this album does that, Jimmy. Like. I forget about it for a while, and then it's like, oh, I forgot about that album. Oh, and then I listen to it on repeat for a long time. It's like everything in transit by Jacks Mannequin. It has that same effect. Hmm. So
0: this is one of the like I remember some of the songs. They get in my head because of the repetition. Um, I knew the time frame of why when the things were at. That was sort of for at the beginning of my sort of faith and everything mid. Mid late '90s, I can hear their influence on a bunch of other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember what the name of the band. I was thinking about them the other day. Uh, they were a band that played at a couple youth conferences. And, you know, they had a, C- a CD just so they could sell them at the merch booth, and they had some song about a frog. But it was totally a, like a <laughs> Jars of Clay influenced. They were three people. It was a guy, a girl, and another guy. He played the djembe. She sang. He played guitar. I think she might have picked on the mandolin a little bit. It was totally. You could tell they grabbed from this. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't mind. Like it's okay to listen to for nostalgia, but on a big and I see their industry change. Like the influence they had, they did Mm -hmm. really change things. But me personally mm I'm gonna to have to go with a no on this, gotcha um, but like I said, it was like those other things we've talked about where it hit for that moment and it did a thing,
1: and the ripples have happened, yeah, and the the album itself hasn't continued to drive down the road
0: yeah, yeah. okay um I saw them with uh Sarah groves, Leland. And was it Sixpence and the Richer, I think? Sounds about right. Yeah, Sounds like that would fit in that group. I went for Leland because I was big into Leland when they first were out. I was
1: going to say, Leland's like the only one I actually feel like you would have been like, yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, that's
0: why I went. And I also had free tickets, so that wasn't too bad either. But um, did you know, have you ever heard the Smells Like Teen Spirit Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song?
1: I've never heard it, but I know that's one of the first things that they played at the
0: underground. Yeah, I have not heard it either. I just read about that just a few moments ago. I'm going to have to search that one out. Yeah. Hmm. Are you going to try and go back and fight for technically again, or do we still have to come back? No, because
1: they're not going to be great no matter what. I think we let let the rest of the world weigh in on that one. What do they think about the technical aspects of it? Perfect.
0: I like it. (laughs) So it's up to you guys. Let us know on Facebook or on Instagram how would you rate this album? Uh, are you with Ian and say this is a technical masterpiece because they did exactly what they were doing to present this message of the human condition or are you going to join uh the right side, team Andy and say uh, it's a technical uh flub, good at best.
1: Good at best. I will say they. I think they are a fan of the mistake and the natural. If you listen to a lot of their albums, there's they are there's a lot of times where it's just like, what? Why didn't you just edit that out? Like there are just sounds and fl- like like I pulled my hand off the keyboard at a weird time, but we just kept it there anyway because who really cares? Or like I definitely hit that string. It's still in the same key, so why edit it out? But like it wasn't really supposed to be there.
0: Um, that was another thing. A couple of the, like, intro, outro, weird sound effect things, did, like kids laughing or them laughing going, two, three, four. Like, that, I don't know. It didn't. I like that stuff. I know you like that stuff, and I think done in the right way, it's great. But uh, it didn't uh, get me on this one.
1: No. And I one other thing I want to add before we do our outro is that, if you did like this in any way, check out their other albums because all these albums are very different stylistically and, and uh, even instrumentation is all very different. The album that comes after this, the only thing that's relatively the same is the occasional use of, of the drum machine. Um, but there's a lot of really weird guitar sounds like electric guitar sounds. Um, really old school guitar sounds, which I think are pretty neat. The album that is after that, the, the first song is done like a bunch of drunk guys singing in a bar with just a mandolin and an accordion. Um, and it proceeds on that way throughout. It's they they, one thing that they do talk a lot about too, is they, they try to do a concept album, like conceptually from a music point of view, like we want to make this type of sound on this album. Um, and so I appreciate that about them as well because there's. They did an album a little while back called All the Good Monsters. Um, and it is this over compressed, weird as hell sound. Like, it's like they compressed all the sound and then they put all the sound, like, in a track and then they compress that track again. And it just does weird stuff. Like, when you listen to it, like how one instrument will be way in your face. And, like, they just. It's weird. So, um,. Yeah, I think there's a lot to check out there outside of this album. Hmm. And then you have just other albums that are just like acoustic rock albums that are there, too. It, it's pretty interesting. Very yeah. interesting.
0: All right. So go to the Facebook. Go to the Facebook. Go to Instagram. <laughs> Tell us what you think about this album, about Jars of Clay. If you if you know any of the other stuff, go to your podcasting app and rate us there. That would be wonderful. And next week, we are listening to the band AJR, their album called The Click. I think it's from 2017. So a couple years old. I knew a couple tracks off of this. Their one, a piece of one of their songs, is like number two in meme and Instagram real TikTok world right now. Or at least it was. Uh, a week and a half ago when I suggested this. It is crazy how Instagram and TikTok are changing music. Yeah. Maybe that could be a part of the conversation next week because they're up for, I think they're up for um, a big award. I forget what it was, for two categories. But we can talk about that next week. Hmm. So AJR, The Click, is the album. Go check that out. And we'll be back here next week.
1: We'll be back here next week. We'll see you in the future. We'll see you in the future. Love you, buddy. Love you
0: too.